Welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that recaps an over... <laughs> Welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that recaps and overanalyzes the classic 1984 film Ghostbusters. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And we are here to go over minute number 11 of Ghostbusters with you on this fine Tuesday morning. Now, Vankman has just asked Egon and Ray, well, what do we do when staring at the, la- at the gray lady in the basement of the New York Public Library. And, of course, that was actually filmed in the Los Angeles Public Library. At 11 minutes, 5 seconds, Venkman pinches Ray's ear and asks him to speak privately around the corner. Venkman pulls Ray around the corner. Egon follows as the gray lady watches from afar. At 11 minutes, 10 seconds, Venkman calls Ray Francine. At 11 minutes, 12 seconds, Venkman asks Ray what they should do. Egon pulls out a calculator from his jacket, which Venkman promptly knocks out of his hand into the floor. At 11 minutes, 18 seconds, Ray says that one of them should make contact. Egon agrees, and they both stare at Peter Venkman. At 11 minutes, 24 seconds, Venkman sighs and steps out to speak to the Gray Lady. At 11 minutes, 30 seconds, Venkman approaches the Gray Lady as Egon takes over as videographer, and Ray snaps some pictures. Venkman introduces himself as Peter and asks the apparition, where are you from? Originally. At 11 minutes, 37 seconds, the gray lady holds one finger up to her mouth and shushes Vinkman. At 11 minutes, 45 seconds, Vinkman steps back into the book stacks, pushing Ray and Egon out of his way. He informs them that the usual stuff isn't working. Off screen, Ray tells them, I have a plan. At 11 minutes, 50 seconds, the Ghostbusters step back out from the book stacks, slowly creep towards the gray lady as Ray says, Ready? Ready? And thus ends the 11th minute of Ghostbusters. Yeah. So I got to ask right yep. off the bat, mm-hmm. who, what is Francine? Okay, so Francine is what was going on here. Bill Murray was doing one of his famous ad-libs. And as we've heard all over the place, this movie was just filled to the brim with Bill Murray ad-libbing on set and just kind of taking a lot of comedic liberties and right. uh, Harold Ramis and uh, Dan Aykroyd playing off of that. Well, Dan Aykroyd, one of his best friends, is Fran Drescher. So whenever he pulled him around the corner, he called him Francine to kind of make a joke about how he's best friends with Fran Drescher. Okay. So they're, they're really good friends. And in fact, in 2012, they appeared together on the TV Land sitcom Happily Divorced. So that was a sitcom that Fran Drescher has on TV Land. Okay. And okay. There. Not a whole lot of uh, trivia or behind-the-scenes facts going on here. I think on the last episode, we kind of covered the identity of the Grey Lady and the uh, actual possible inspiration for her being the real Grey uh, Lady in uh, that haunts a library in Evansville, Indiana. If you haven't heard that, go back and listen to it. It's a pretty interesting story. Covered the special effects on this. Beyond that, not really a whole lot going on in the scene, lore-wise or anything. But I do have some thoughts on what's going on. One of the funniest parts in the movie to me is when Egon... Uh, uh, Venkman asks Egon and Ray, what do we do here? And for a response, Egon pulls out a calculator and starts doing an equation. (laughs) He gets it knocked out of his hand. I don't know if that was a piece of improv on his part or not, but that is perfect in the tone and piece with his character to pull that out and say, like, well, according to my calculation, (laughs) nerd. But uh, so also uh, I noticed that when Peter comes out to talk to the ghost, he's hitting on her. As if he's hitting on a, oh, trying right. to pick up a woman where in a bar. He's like, so yeah. where are you from? That's just like second nature to him. And when they go around the corner, he says, well, the usual stuff isn't working. Oh. It's like, that's how I talk to a woman. I come never... out and ask her where she's from. Uh, yeah, right. The guy just can't turn it off. That's no, his no, character. I've never, I've never looked at it like that. Huh? So this piece of anything, this one minute does set up the characters again of, of Egon, who we haven't spent a lot of time with up until this point. Right. Uh, we see he's a prototypical nerd. He's got the glasses on. He talks, you know, in big words, and he doesn't seem to be a very funny person. But we also get the character-building part of Peter Venkman being a guy who just can't turn it off. Right. We've gotten, like, 
you know, we've gotten to see the start of these guys and get their sort of preview, if you will. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that we actually get to see all three of them already set up, right. interacting with each other at, you know, as the characters that they are. So this is this is really where you start to see your Ghostbusters. Yeah. Interacting with each other. There is a ghost in the scene, but the scene's like all comedy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, absolutely. Knock, knocking the calculator out of the hand. Oh, yeah. What do we do? We came down here. Yeah. So here's the thing. If you were to see a ghost like this, how would you try to approach it? Definitely not by flirting with it. Right. But then again, I don't think that would work anyway. Yeah. Ghost or human. Yeah. Um, I mean, other than to turn around and start screaming with my arms above my head like Kermit does when he runs around. <laughs> Kermit the Frog. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I would really try to make contact. You know, I think honestly, like if it wasn't really bothering me, I'm the kind of person that like, you know what? I got real things to worry about in my life. Just go ahead and haunt. Do yeah. whatever. And you, you got to think too, it's a librarian ghost. Wouldn't she be like refiling things in alphabetical order? It or might be a helpful restart, Like the card catalog and things like Absolutely. that? Absolutely. You know what needs to be filed? My DVD collection. My Blu-rays. They're out of order. Yeah, Completely. It's, exactly. it's disgusting. I don't have enough time to do it. If a ghost wants to come in here i'm talking out to the universe here in the etheric plane if there's any ghosts listening to this podcast if you want to come and refile my dvds or maybe do some laundry how awesome would that be if uh your house was haunted by like the world's best uh you know yeah. like housekeeper That's you know if there was like a butler or uh, a maid you know back in the day who died and it's like oh every morning i wake up and all the dishes are washed you know i i heard a uh story and i'm probably gonna get my facts screwed up here but um it was of a house that this family lived in and they would say that uh, whenever they would enter rooms, lights would turn on for them and things like that. That's and just helpful. Somebody, somebody uh, showed a picture to a little. It was it was always things like that, like a butler service, and then like folded clothes on beds and things like that. Uh, somebody finds an old picture of the family that lived in that house and their trusty butler and shows it to a little kid, and the little kid's like, "Oh yeah, that's Mister Jeeves or whatever." Like, I see him in here all the time. This is how the Ghostbusters are going about it all wrong. They don't need to be busting ghosts. They need to be creating jobs for ghosts. They Hello. are back here in our world. They need work to do. They're busy bodies. Hey, what did you do in life before that you always wanted to do? Guess what? There's a job out there for you. It's not like you're going to be able to do anything with the money. We're not going to pay you anyway. The workforce you, continues. The workforce continues. Slimer seems to be the only ghost we see that is able to eat anything. So, I mean, I guess there's a subclass of ghosts out Food there. Food critic, can, maybe? I there don't you go how about that you want to drive the taxi that you died in earlier in life probably not a good idea because you crashed it but But hey yeah absolutely he got out there and he tried yeah so if you want to be a librarian ghost come back down here hey everybody go down to the basement the gray lady's down there don't bother her you know just let her do her thing just let her do her thing she's refiling cards there so (laughs) as long as the poltergeist can work within the confines of a of a job that it's needed i think that things are okay so yeah so anyway ghostbusters going about it all wrong well look i got a um a note here whenever bill murray does walk out and says you know where are you from originally and she turns and whispers at him one that is just chilling Mm -hmm. but two his expression shows that he is genuinely terrified that look that he gives right after she does that and uh, I just think, you know, that's that's really a moment where you see that he is now a believer or very close to. But I've, I've always thought that there's no jokes in right. that moment for Peter. He's he's out of his element. Yeah, he's, he, he, he's whenever he walks element. into a situation, he knows what to do. He knows how to smarm his way out of it. Yeah, and here's one today. where uh, she's like, uh-uh, I ain't putting up with that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so uh, the usual stuff isn't working. Yeah. You know, there's something that follows that up when um, – when they go and they sort of commune and say, you know, what should we do? And they say someone should talk to it. And both Egon and Ray slowly turn and look at Peter. Yeah. There's something very similar to this that happens in Ghostbusters 2 whenever they're uh, trying to get down into into the tunnels beneath the city to find the slime or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I believe it's um, 
Yeah, it's it's the three of them saying, well, somebody's got to go down there. Mm-hmm. Somebody's got to go down there. And then Egon and Peter both just sort of glance over to Ray and mm-hmm. make him do it. So it's funny <laughs> that, you know, you... Turnabout's fair play. Yeah, and you see the uh, the same joke repeated there, or, or referenced anyway. If we end up covering Ghostbusters too, and you know we may in a bonus episode for Patreon subscribers or something like that, I, I think it's it's important to note that it is almost a beat for beat remake of Ghostbusters one in the way the script is written. Ghostbusters two is a it's a really interesting mm-hmm. it's it's inter- it's an interesting thing mm-hmm. that happened, and uh, I would definitely love to cover it um, at some point. Do you have mixed emotions about it? I do, man. Uh, when I was a little kid, I saw it, and I remember not really liking it and mm-hmm. then went back and watched it again a couple of years ago after n- having not seen it in a very long time and uh there was something about watching it with an adult perspective right. you you see things that i don't know certain storylines that aren't there for little kids and it's there's something really strange about it i was watching it and i'm seeing what these guys the ghostbusters have been up to over this period of time and dana and other recurring characters and i started to ask myself where are the jokes mm-hmm. where where are the jokes? And we're in certain locations and certain set pieces for minutes at a time. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It was it was. I think it's kind of tied too closely to making the logic of the world and the lore work. And it's, uh, you know, it's almost an impossible task to take something like, how do you have a situation like where a giant marshmallow man attacks a a tower in New York? And then the people that were involved with that, like what happens to them a year later? Exactly. You know, and it's interesting that um, let's say the Jurassic Park Lost World kind of touches on that in the beginning they reference you know and then the ian malcolm character you see like what how a person would become and he's very Mm -hmm. very different very changed and having to deal with you know what's going to happen to him socially right Uh, brief as brief as it is in that movie but the thing that i would want to go back to a ghostbusters movie for would be to catch up with my my friends if you will Mm -hmm. would be to see what's going on how these how these guys are their continued story right and so that's exactly what that movie gives you and that's not what audiences want. They want a comedy with these guys. They want to see more ghost busting and things like that. And I think that's kind of why the movie uh, has had this reputation that it has had, which is, it's it's not, it wasn't favorable, I think, in a right. lot of people's eyes. And uh, I, I think that's, you know, you, you get a better sequel with the real Ghostbusters cartoon mm-hmm. and not so much in Ghostbusters 2. So. so you think maybe if the action had just continued to ramp up after the Gozer incident that that would have been a better story if they were there like knee deep in Ghost all yeah. the time. And it's funny because we did say in a previous minute that um, I would have thought it'd been really interesting to see the Peter Venkman character have the same arc but in a different movie with no ghost or anything like that. And I, it's it's kind of like what I get when I go watch Ghostbusters 2 is a movie mm-hmm. that's not about ghost busting. It's about these characters and their day-to-day lives and they just happen to have to bust some ghosts in the movie and that's not a bad thing but it's not the movie that people wanted mm-hmm. so it's uh that's that's why you didn't get really anything ghostbusters related for the next i don't know 25 years or so right yeah. so but that's ghostbusters 2 we're still talking about minute number 11 yeah, Ghostbusters. 1, well, I think so. it, it it bears saying that I do think that Peter McNichols Janosch is oh, a classic character. God. Whenever people uh, come out and they kind of talk crap about Ghostbusters too, and I think some of it's warranted. Uh, the one thing I want to say, I, I always want to say, no, no. Well, let's just be honest here. Janosch is a great character. Oh yeah, Janosch is fantastic. Makes up for any of the shortcomings of that movie. Peter totally. McNichols great though. Yeah. I, I I wish he was in more stuff these days because he's he's hilarious. If I'm not mistaken, Even Dragon Slayer. Oh, fantastic. Dragon Slayer, great. So anyway, getting back to minute eleven. Um, there's a couple of things that we see, like the camcorder that Ray is using is a Panasonic PK750. Hmm. And Tell me was, about the Panasonic PK750. <laughs> there you go. 
It was a commercial for Panasonic PK750s. Um, no, it was a camera that actually connected to a separate piece, which you see slung over Ray's shoulder. Yeah, at that point in the 80s, cameras were not one solid. Uh, you wouldn't have the actual like videotape component in, the, right. in the camera itself. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, what you started to see come about in the 80s, like one one piece. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a VCR. It was the actual recorder. So it's it's interesting to see them you know, hauling ass out of the library with it. Uh, they do switch. You see Egon, you know, doing the filming while Ray's actually snapping some still pictures. Uh, and then whenever they rush out of the library, which we're going to get to, um, Ray has it again. Interesting. Yeah. Continuity air there. Yeah. It's not really that interesting. <laughs> well, I don't Ray. know. I mean, they, they, they could have stopped in the middle and Egon could have said, you know what? I am too gangly and tall with this thing. Ray, you've got a lower center of gravity. <laughs> Why don't you take it out? Because, I mean, those things had to be so expensive back then. Yeah. I remember the over-the-shoulder camera when we bought it. It had to be at least $1,000. and had this giant battery that weighed like a few pounds, and you had to slide it in the back like a magazine for a gun. You know? I wonder how many chiropractors just made a killing because of <laughs> because over-the-shoulder. Of <laughs> over-the-shoulder video cameras. Yeah, yeah. video cameras. <laughs> So here's a question I have. In your studies over this Panasonic camera, did you find anything on UV filters? Did those actually exist? That I did not. Okay, just just <laughs> yeah. checking there. I wanted just to see saying. if whenever Ray asked him for the UV filters in the prior few minutes, uh, and references a tape that was taped over, which I'm curious what was on that tape. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Well, that's about all I got for uh, for Minute 11. Yeah, I think that I'm pretty much wrapped up on Minute 11 here, too. So, all right, go. folks. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we will be back tomorrow with Minute number 12 of Ghostbusters. As always, I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. We're here to tell you that death is but a door, time a window. We'll be back. Ghostbusters Minute is a fan-supported podcast. To become a supporter, visit us on Patreon at patreon.com slash gbminute. You can also find us on social media at facebook.com slash ghostbustersminute, twitter.com slash gbminute, Instagram at ghostbustersminute, and visit our website at ghostbustersminute.com, where you can find merchandise such as t-shirts, stickers, and free balloons for the kids. Balloons subject to not being free, nor real. Our theme song is Ectoplasm by Audionautics, which is licensed under the Creative Commons Attributions License. (laughs) 